Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, there is that sad old joke about not wanting to have sex because of a headache, but sex can actually cause a headache, sometimes quite intense migraines. It's called coital cephalgia. Uh, Emily Power Smith is a clinical sexologist. Afternoon, Emily. Hello there. How are you? Not too bad. So, like, is this some sort of physiological reaction to it or, or, or what causes it as far as is known? So we, there isn't a clear answer to it. The same as there isn't, I mean, some people get migraines and the same as we still don't have a, a definitive answer as to why people get migraines. There seem to be multiple factors. This will be probably quite similar. Um, there are certain things that certainly I would think would be worth exploring if somebody is suffering with this, depending on the type of headache they're getting. Um, so, for example, if you'd like me to launch into that. Yes. Um, so, for example, a couple of things to, that I would think about if, if somebody was coming to me and, and with this with this terrible problem, and, and as you know, it's it's usually connected more to orgasm. Um, it's more more likely to happen around the time of orgasm than um, other levels or types of sexual pleasure, although it's not not always that way. So, when people are having orgasms, the most common way to have an orgasm is to tense up, tense your buttocks, tense your legs, your tummy often hold your breath or do short, sharp breaths. And that in itself is going to tense all the muscles in your neck as well. And it's going to create a a raised blood pressure and everything's going to get really heightened really, really quickly. And that can set off the saline muscles in the back of the neck or the sides of the neck. And we know from other research that when those muscles go into spasm, they can actually mimic migraines, even heart attacks. And people can be misdiagnosed, actually, with, with something um, other than, than these muscles in spasm. Um, if it's something like that, it's certainly you can, get, you can get those worked on. There's three of those muscles, and this is the middle one. And that's the one you can get to quite easily with external uh, work. So you could go to uh, an osteopath or somebody and get that, those worked on. That might be useful. Trauma could be stored in the muscles and in the body. And again, if you're doing a breath that is similar to breath you had when you were in the trauma, it can release that into the system and you can go into pain because your body is 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 in its trauma. That's another thing I'd be looking at. The breath is really, really important for both of those and generally. So again, people will often hold their breath. They might brace themselves or constrict their breath or shorten their breath when they're leading to orgasm. And all of these things will cause extra tension. And you can learn how to have long, deep breaths uh, leading up to orgasm, which will help the muscles to be much more relaxed uh, in in your body, particularly around your neck. You don't need tense muscles in your neck to orgasm. It's not necessary. It just tends to happen. Um, and our jaw is really, really important. Our jaw mirrors our pelvis. So again, if we would had, had any trauma around the pelvis area, you know, uh, or if we are, are likely to have tight jaw muscles, we often do, particularly if we're stressed, this could be playing into it as well. And we can obviously do a lot to release and to relax our jaws. Okay. And deep, long breaths will really help with that. How, in what way does the jaw mirror the pelvis? It's like, you know, like... Um, reflexology they can find points in the feet that mirror different parts of your body this is a similar thing it's a muscle connection and nerve connection so what we know is that if you have tightness in the pelvic floor in the pelvic area it can actually be helped by working by massaging the jaw it's not the the only cure or the you know the only go-to you can also get pelvic floor work done 
But um, that we do know that working on the jaw and relaxing the jaw has an effect on how your pelvis works for you, and vice versa. Okay. Um, so they, they, it's, it's, it's uh, easily worked on if you have somebody. If you go to somebody and you say, "Look, this is specifically what I want you to work on," um, or you you find people who specialize in this area, like uh, sexological body workers, but you need to make sure they're very well qualified and accredited and and above board. Yeah. Is it is getting headaches um, after orgasm or even during orgasm? Is it common, as far as you know? I don't know that it's that common. It's certainly being talked about more. And again, because a lot of headaches and migraines would be stress related and we're all a lot more stressed, it would make sense that we're getting we're getting more of them. If you're prone to he- headaches and migraine and tension and stress, you're probably more likely to experience this. But it's again, not a not, not hard and fast rule. Nothing is, but it's probably more likely. And also, you know, we do a lot, don't we? There's a lot of a goal-oriented sex these days where the orgasm is what we're all rushing to. Let's get our orgasms as quickly as we can. And that in itself builds tension in the body yeah. in a way that that would, would kick them off if you're prone to them. It's a rotten thing. It's just a rotten thing to have. Let's say that. Yeah, I know, because, I mean, obviously, if, if it happens to you once or twice, then the next time you're going to be somewhat anxious uh, and um, there's the stress and yeah. then your muscles will tighten yeah you're spot on exactly your your, your pain expectation brings on pain yeah the, actually someone's yeah someone says already i get this occasionally it's like getting a smack of a hammer across the head i mm. maybe get it a few set a few seconds warning but it is pure agony yeah yeah and and it can it is you know as that article you're referring to says you know that it is always worth getting checked out that there isn't an underlying reason for it for it but in most cases there isn't and in most cases it doesn't last your lifetime um it can be more sporadic or it can last for a period of time and then ease off and we never know why but again if i was working with somebody who came to to me with this the person who describes their problem in the in the article um you know, they they talk about partner sex all the time. I'd be wanting somebody to start working on their own first with masturbation where there's no pressure to perform or to achieve anything and really slow everything down, including breath and touch, and build the arousal really slowly so that they can mark out when it begins to happen or if it happens under those circumstances. Because partner sex for a lot of us, again, brings on a lot of stress around performance, yeah. particularly orgasm. Yeah, somebody else says, Yeah, somebody else says I used to suffer with cephalgia when I was younger. I never knew it had a name and never discussed it with anyone. It was a real passion killer. Sometimes it fe- mm. I felt like I was having a stroke and it kind yeah, of put me off sex. Yeah, that's exactly how people describe it and of course it would put you off sex. And you know what? It probably didn't have a name. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, pro- I think it's, relatively recently they've given it one. But it, they're could, only re- they're, you know we're so behind on our our research on sexuality that we really are. It's such an interesting field. We literally know stuff we didn't know two years ago. It's it's wonderful and and interesting, but it's also not great for people who've suffered with things like this for years with yeah. no help. Having said all that, Emily, if you know if this does happen to to people, is it worth going to go to the GP just to make sure it's not a sign of something else? Definitely. Always do that. No matter what your problem is, I would say always check there's nothing physiological, first of all. But it does seem that you won't probably get a huge amount of help from medics about it because we just don't have the the research and the answers yet. Another thing I saw some people, you know, if you're not into osteopathy or craniosacral therapy or 
learning about your breathing or all of that stuff that would probably really help, you could also try timing it a little bit and take some painkillers in advance of your sexual activity. You hmm. probably get about a window, depending on your, what you've eaten and your metabolism, of about 20 minutes to 30 minutes before the meds kick in. So, you know, if you want to, you want to time things. <laughs> the men, course, men of a certain age will have to take a rake of pills beforehand now and hope yeah, for the best. Uh, and of course, if you take painkillers, they're going to numb your genitals. So you want to oh make sure gosh. you get your window right. Good you news, bad sure news. Right. <laughs> Emily, thank you very much for speaking with us today. That was Emily Powersmith there, a clinical sexologist. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.